Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to omeo.com and use the code LISTENER5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo. Plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. This is an Asphalt Studios production. Let's take a drive down. Let's take a drive down Tangier Avenue. Capitalism. Let's go straight to ads, Bryson. Cool. Yeah. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Put ads at the top, I guess. That sounds like us. Yeah. Different every time, baby. Damn straight, baby. Welcome. Welcome to Tangent Avenue, everybody. Wow. Whoa. What's Tangent Avenue? Tangent Avenue is a podcast where we tell people about Uh things. Got you. Okay. That's our new intro. Yeah. It's a good one. I thought so. (laughs) I spent like 12 hours writing it last night. That's pretty good, honestly. (laughs) The last one took me like 10 minutes, so. Yeah, that explains why mine's better. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Cool, so what topic are we doing this week on Tangent Avenue? I don't know, I don't even know who I I am yet, or who you are. I think I'm Tasman. Taz, you're Tasman Cooey, and um, I am Bryson Bierman. And this is Tangent Avenue. uh, And this is also a shit show. Yeah, it's a shit show, too. We're both very drunk. Uh, no, but this is a show where we will uh, talk about topics that bro- uh, span the incredibly broad to the incredibly niche, and we bring those topics to you, and we talk about them, and mostly talk about how good the names are. Hell yeah. And the name that we're talking about today is Alan Pinkerton. And it's and a shit name. Yeah, it really is. I'm not a fan of it. It's not just because I don't like the guy, okay? I When I talk about names, I'm like, you know, I am pure, right? It's a mm-hmm. good, if it's a good name, I'll tell you, right? Yes. But fact of the matter is, Alan Pinkerton, shit name. Now the last name Pinkerton that has some that has a bit of draw to it, right? It's it's yes, it's very choppy, and I appreciate that. Alan, mm-hmm. on the other hand, piece of shit name. If you listen yeah. to this show and you're an Alan, I'm sorry, but you do need to stop. <laughs> Please don't stop. Don't Please alienate stop. our Alans. No, I'm don't sorry. Don't alienate I'm sorry. our Alans. I'm sorry. Bryson. I'm gonna alienate you. Okay. Because fact of the matter is, it's your fault. It's not their fault. It is their fault. They can change their name. It's super fucking easy. Maddie changed her name. If Maddie can do it, you th- you tell me Alan can't? <laughs> yes, specifically I am. <laughs> All right, that's a bold push, by the way. But yeah, hey, you know you got to do what you got to do. All right, everybody. Um, yeah, today we're talking about the Pinkertons. Yeah, Pinkerton Detective Agency. Yeah, it's not great. Nope. Not even a little bit. Taz, uh, tell us yeah. about w- w- how you experienced the Pinkertons the most. Damn Pinkertons. <laughs> Damn Obviously Pinkertons. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. And boy, do I hate them just as much in real life as I do in that game. <laughs> Classic Taz. Yeah, when we read about the Because I knew a little bit about the Pinkertons. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, before. I've heard about them. It's just I didn't know much yeah. about them before. You wouldn't know, would you? You fucking idiot. <laughs> Alrighty, cool. Well, let's get in this bitch, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Alrighty, yeah, so uh, in the 1850s, uh, Alan Pinkerton, a Scottish detective and spy, uh, met Chicago attorney, uh, uh, not attorney. <laughs> met the eternity. Met the eternal <laughs> Chicago in a deep dish pizza. It went on forever. And ever. Anyway. Uh, he met Chicago attorney uh, Edward Rucker uh, in a local uh, Masonic hall and formed the Northwestern Police Agency, which would later be known as the Pinkerton Agency. Taz, tell Alan me a little Pinkerton bit. would be a Mormon, wouldn't he? he? Would. I don't know that Mormonism <laughs> is the same as Ma- Masonic temples. Uh, I'm pretty... Because um... mm, Masonic is for Freemasonries. <laughs> Shit, yeah, you're right. You fucking idiot. <laughs> I mean, there's not much of a difference between them. They're both cults, so... I mean, they're a cult, yeah, but Freemasonry is more of a... Like, Freemasons are still a thing. If I remember right, Freemasons... Either Freemasons came off of Mormonism, or Mormonism came off of Freemasons. If I remember right. I think right. you're wrong both of those. <laughs> I could be. One of them came from a different religion. I don't know. This one's this episode's not there about. There are that. some elements of Freemasonry within the temple rituals of Mormonism, but that is it. That is the m- most I could find. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you're asking about Alan Pinkerton. Yeah, tell us a bit about him. Tell and, us about and also also, 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 not surprised also. he's a Freemason either. If he was anything but a Freemason or a Mormon, I would be surprised. Yeah. We can leave it at that. All right, cool. So Alan Pinkerton was born on August 25th uh, in 1819 in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, and he was obviously the founder of the Pinkertons, which which is good. He's a good guy for that. Mm-hmm. We've never needed another detective agency since. Yeah. Pinkerton, uh, he was the son of a police sergeant who died when he was a child, leaving the family. He would be a cop's kid, wouldn't he? He would be. You remember cop? You remember fucking cop kids back in school? Those guys sucked. Um, I'm trying to think of if I knew any. They were around. I can't think of any specifics, but um, I'm sure they were around. (laughs) Unfortunately. Here, let's put it this way. Cop kids and PE teacher kids have the same energy. Or coach Absolutely teacher kids. true. <laughs> well, to be honest, I feel like PE teachers often do have the same energy as cops. So That's fair. <laughs> uh, anyways, Alan found work as uh, a cooper and soon became involved in cooper, chartism. Huh? Chartism? What is that, Bryson? Chartism, from memory, you know? was a British way of policing labor uh, unions. Which yeah. you can kind of see what he ended up doing in the future. Mm-hmm. I'll look into charterism. You keep at it, though. Okay. Uh, a mass movement uh, that sought political and social reform. That's the only information that we have on these notes, so that wasn't enough for me. Uh, his activities resulted in a warrant for his arrest, and in 1842, Pinkerton fled to the United States, settling in Eternity, Chicago. No, just Chicago. Uh, moving... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving the next year to a nearby town in Dundee and Kane County. He set up a Cooper shop there, and while cutting wood on a deserted island one day, he discovered and later captured a gang of counterfeiters. I got no more information on why he was on a deserted island, so I, I apologize That's for that. That's a damn shame. It really is. Uh, following this and other similar achievements, he was appointed deputy sheriff of Kane County, and in 1846, and soon afterward... Uh, Deputy Sheriff of Cook County with headquarters in Chicago. 
1850, Pinkerton resigned from Chicago's new police force in order to organize a private detective agency that specialized in railway theft cases. The Pinkerton National Detective Agency became one of the most famous organizations of its kind. Its success included a capture of the principals in a $700,000 Adams Express company theft in 1866 and the... Uh, the thwarting of an assassination plot against President-elect Abraham Lincoln. That didn't last long. In February 1861. <laughs> he did it exactly <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, in Baltimore, by the way. In 1861, working for the Union during the Civil War, Pinkerton, un uh, Pinkerton under the name E.J. Allen, headed an organization whose purposes was to obtain military information in the southern states. Powerful. Have you found anything about... Uh... I have, yeah. I was waiting for a okay. good time to bring it up. Thank you for just shitting on that. You're welcome. I was wrong. Uh, Chartism uh, is a working class movement for political reform in Britain that existed between 1838 and 1857. Uh, essentially, they called for six reforms to make political systems more democratic. These went from basically a vote for every man aged 21 years and above of sound mind and not undergoing punishment for a crime. So, like, back in the day, this was pretty good, but these these days it's not. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not certainly not enough. Uh, they managed to be sexist, ableist, and also not enough for pr pr uh, prison reform as me, personally, but... True. Sure. I agree. They also uh, called for a secret ballot to protect the elixir and the exercise of his vote. No property qualifications for members of parliament to allow the constituencies to return to the man of their choice, which is actually a really good idea. Uh, and I'm glad that that went through because you don't need to be a landlord to be <laughs> an MP <laughs> now, which is good. <laughs> Payment of members, enab enabling tradesmen, working men, and other reasons, uh, other persons of modest means to leave or interrupt their livelihood to attend to the interests of the nation. Hmm. Equal constituencies, securing the same amount of representation for the same number of electors, instead of allowing less populous constituencies to have as much, of, uh, as much or more weight than larger ones. So essentially opting, apparently at that time, they had a similar system to the Electoral College, where... Less populated areas would have more voting power, even though they hold less people. That still doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it shouldn't I because it's it. complete the fucking nonsense. Vote, not the land. Yeah, God love the American election stuff, but this is British. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Annual parliamentary elections, thus representing the most efficient check to bribery and intimidation, since no purse could buy a constituency under a system of universal manhood suffrage in every 12 months. So that was their, their sixth reform. So he was a fairly progressive person. His past, it is frankly fucking shocking <laughs> to see where he ended up based on this. Yeah. Yeah. On the Like I'm showing here as well, like it's not like they were calling for mass unions or anything like that, so it's not that shocking, but still. Yeah, that's fair. Do you want me to continue on, Alan, or do you want to do a little bit? Uh, you keep you keep at it. I'm I'm just vibing right now, so I'm trying to keep the <laughs> right. vibes good. Okay. After the Civil War, Pinkerton resumed the management of his detective detective agency, and from 1873 to 1876, one of his detectives, James uh, McParland, lived among the Molly McGuire's in Pennsylvania. See, I, I like James McParland. That's a good one. It's like a good twist on a normal name, you know. <laughs> what about Molly McGuire's? Eh, it's good alliteration, but nothing else to speak of. Fair enough. 
It secured evidence that led to the breaking up of uh, this organization of coal miners supposedly engaged in terrorism. Hell yeah. Uh, during the strikes of 1877, the Pinkerton Agency's harsh policy toward labor unions caused it to be severely criticized in labor circles, although Pinkerton asserted he was helping workers by opposing labor unions. Cunt. <laughs> absolute cunt. Uh, <laughs> Pinkerton wrote The Molly Maguires and the Detectives uh, in 1877, The Spy of the Rebellion, 1883, and his account of Lincoln's journey to Washington in 1861, and a 30, 30 years a detective in 1884. Yeah. Fun times. I fully support the terrorist coal miners, by the way. Because <laughs> they were definitely terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> wanting uh, unions. Yeah. Gotta love that. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So... Uh, historian Frank Morn writes, by the mid-1850s, a few businessmen... Uh, saw the need for greater control over their employees because, you know, businessmen. <laughs> their, their solution yeah. was to sponsor private detective system. Uh, in February of 1855, Alan Pinkerton, after consulting with six Midwestern wa- railroads, created such an agency in Chicago. Uh, among the business's early oper- operation was to safely deliver the newly elected president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, to Washington, D.C., Uh, In light of an assassination threat, Pinkerton uh, Detective Kate Warren was uh, assigned and successfully delivered Lincoln to the U.S. capital city through a series of disguises and related tactics that required her to stay awake uh, throughout the entire long journey. Uh, As a result uh, of the public notoriety of this success, the business adopted, uh, adopted an open eye as its logo and the slogan, We Never Sleep. Which actually kind of kicks ass. <laughs> it does. But I do, I, I have a couple of things to note on that. Yeah. Uh, so there are, um, no, so there was some never, shit, what? Note some shit, man. Yeah. There were never any arrests made about the assassination threat or attempt, uh, leading some to believe at the time or later on that Pinkerton made this up in order to gain notoriety for the detective agency. And this is also where we most likely get the name Private Eye from, uh, is their logo, uh, which was the eye. Both very interesting and very funny if they were like, (laughs) it's super funny if they were like, uh, we got an assassination threat in the mail and it's just like, it's like the fucking... (laughs) That story we read a while ago where the killers wrote the (laughs) 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 thing. I like the idea of as Alan Pinkerton is talking to the president, he's just writing the note as they're speaking. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, hey, Mr. Abraham Lincoln, I I found this note as he's still writing it out. It uh, says they're gonna (laughs) take your life. Um, Tonight, we gotta Uh, take you. Uh, Honest Abe, um, that's your full name, right? Anyway. um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Anyways, in 1871, uh, Congress appropriated $50,000, which is about uh, (laughs) uh, $1,080,000. It took you a long time to figure out. (laughs) <laughs> how to say that number <laughs> no man it's i just... can see your brain working taz don't no lie here's to me. the thing here's the thing taz man. was uh... I, guys i'm we're video chatting right now taz was counting on his fingers <laughs> <laughs> that would be good <laughs> it would be 
Um, that's just an insane amount of money to yeah. uh, fund like the first private eye agency. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Though, because I feel like a lot of times when we say numbers like fifty thousand being equivalent to one million and eighty dollars in you know uh, modern money, I kind of wonder how legitimate that is and how steep the slope gets. You know. But I'm not an economist, so we're just going to move on. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> As fun as that is to think about. Because it's I can't imagine it's a one-to-one thing. Like, one dollar... I'm going to do some math real quick. Uh, you can do okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to the new Department of Justice to form a sub-organization devoted to the detection and prosecution of those guilty of violating federal law. The amount was insufficient for the new DOJ to fashion an internal investigation unit, so they contracted out the services to the Pinkerton National Detective Agency. Uh, However, since passage of the Anti-Pinkerton Act in 1893, (laughs) Anti-Pinkerton Act, I love that so much still, federal law has stated that an individual employed by the Pinkerton Detective Agency or similar organization may not be employed by the government of the United States or the government of the District of Columbia. Which is a good thing for reasons that we will find out as we continue reading. Uh, In the 1870s, Franklin B. Gowan, then president of the Philadelphia and Reading Railroad, hired the agency to investigate the labor unions in the company's mines. A Pinkerton agent, uh, James McParland, using the alias James McKenna, infiltrated the Molly Maguires, a 19th century secret society of mainly Irish-American coal miners, leading to the downfall of the labor organization. So out of curiosity, is the Molly Maguire's a person or is that a gang? Because if it's a gang, that fucking rules. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's, oh, it's the a secret 19th society. Century. Yeah, it's the secret society of Irish American coal miners. That fucking rules, actually. I'm back on board the Molly Maguire's. <laughs> that kicks ass. Yeah. God, we gotta name more secret societies out of just some dude's name. Ah, <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus. I'm still doing math. You keep at it. All right. <laughs> this is complicated math, Taz, and I need this... you to respect what I'm doing here. Okay, man. The incident inspired Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes novel, The Valley of Fear, uh, which came out somewhere between 1914 and 1915. A Pinkerton agent also appears in uh, a small role in The Adventure of the Red Circle, a 1911 Holmes story. In 1970 film, The Molly Maguires was loosely based upon the incident as well. So I can state that it's not a straight line, okay? Okay. Because I, I took, I tried to figure out how much a dollar was worth um, in there, and it only gave me $100. So $100 back in the day, uh, back in the same time period, was um, worth $2,206.52. They had $50,000, so I did some math, multiplied it by 5000 and uh, that came up with eleven million thirty-two dollars and six hundred cents. Uh, so not six hundred. <laughs> eleven million thirty-two thousand six hundred dollars. <laughs> so it's like a. It's a. This was all very unimportant. Um, <laughs> but it's a gradual give. So there we have it. Fair There's enough. your answer. Okay. The, the, what you you've wanna... been waiting for. What? What uh, yeah, you've been waiting the answer. for? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to continue on the homestead? Oh, yes, of course. So, so, uh, the homestead strike, also called the homestead riot, 
was a violent labor dispute between the Carnegie Steel Company and many of its workers that occurred on July 6th of, 19, uh, of 1892. Whoa, 1992? Yeah, dude, we were doing pogs in the middle of the gunfire. Uh, <laughs> this took place in Homestead, Pennsylvania. Uh, the strike pitted the company's management, which included owner, American industrialist, and uh, philanthropist Andrew Carnegie, but we're going to slash philanthropist uh, in half, because, you know, <laughs> that's a fake word. Uh, and American industrialist uh, Henry Clay Frick, which is a great last name. Frick. <laughs> hey, here's oh, a yeah. fun tangent. Taz, mm-hmm. what was the first curse word that you ever said? Um, I don't know, man. Wow. I think shit. That's a pretty good first. The first one I remember, and the reason I remember this is because I remember being super into Sweeney Todd um, and asking my mom if I can sing it when I sing the song. (laughs) (laughs) I could very well be wrong because I probably said one when I was like, you know, a toddler or something repeating after one of my parents. But that's the first one I remember. Yeah. So um, the first word I ever said that was a curse word was in second grade um, and it was Frick. Which isn't a curse word, I know you're saying. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, in my house, it was. And me and my friends at the time were like, oh, we're going to be so cool, we're going to cuss. And the only word I could stand to say was frick, which is very funny when you look at me now. But... <laughs> when you say cunt every two sentences. <laughs> um, so I would like, oh, mother fricker. <laughs> Just supplementing other words with frick holy shit yeah oh it was so i called somebody a frick at one point and Mm -hmm. i don't know why they took it seriously but they did punch me in the face (laughs) (laughs) that's fair man i didn't i didn't really cuss uh most of my childhood i don't think i really started uh even like outside of my house and like outside of like being around parents and everything until probably seventh eighth grade Wow, Which, that's when we met, so wild. Yeah. I, I have had a sailor's mouth since second grade. Because uh, I, <laughs> I ramped frick. up pretty... Well, no, I ramped up pretty exceptionally after the first week. So, Did you? All right. Yeah. Uh, didn't start saying cunt until I listened to an, an enormous amount of Australian podcasts. <laughs> because I realized it's just a word. Who gives a fuck? Uh, turns out a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, sure. Curse words are interesting, man. Yeah. Like, the only ones I think are absolutely horrendous to say are slurs. Yeah. Because they're, you know, history and shit. But, like, curse words, say what you want, you know? I'm gonna let Mm -hmm. my kids cuss as long as they know. Like, here's the thing, right? I don't cuss in front of my grandparents because I know it makes them uncomfortable. So that's that's got to be what you do. Just like make sure that you're if you're whatever you're Assess saying the situation you're in. Yeah, yeah. Read read the room. If if you mm-hmm. know you're in a room with people who get really uncomfortable when people curse, don't curse or try not to because try you don't want to make phrase <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, uh, you don't want to make people uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. you know, fair enough. Uh, so yeah. So uh, just to reiterate. Um, the strike pitted the company's management, which included uh, owner, American and uh, industrialist and uh, fake philanthropist and, uh, Andrew Carnegie uh, and the American <laughs> industrialist Henry Clay Frick and the strike breakers, uh, a.k.a. replacement workers, a.k.a. scabs, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> who had been hired uh, and the Pinkerton 
uh, National Detective Agency against the members of the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers who worked for the company. A gun battle resulted in which uh, a number of Pinkerton agents and strikers were killed and many were injured. Uh, in the 1880s and 1890s, Andrew Carnegie had built the Carnegie Steel Company into one of the largest and most profitable steel companies in the United States. Uh, you the go, home- Carnegie. Yeah, good for him. He won. Uh, <laughs> the Homestead Steel Mill, uh, located a few miles from P- uh, Pittsburgh along the uh, Managala River. Uh, you can correct me in the comments, which we don't have. was one of the largest. <laughs> you can correct me in a five-star <laughs> review. Uh, was uh, uh, was one of the largest of uh, Carnegie's mills. Uh, over the course of the 1880s, several unions were broken at other mills and industrial plants around the country. But in 1892, the workers of the Homestead Mill were still represented by the powerful Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers. Although the unions were made up of skilled workers and craftsmen, they were also supported by some 3,000 non-union workers who were overwhelmingly Eastern and Southern European immigrants and their sons. So, that's a big note. If you're in America and you feel like your wages are being stolen by immigrants, uh, try to unionize. Get everybody paid more, fucking idiots. Hell yeah. Yeah. Unions are only ever good. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what you should pull from yeah. this. Especially when they start gunfights. <laughs> <laughs> they start wars. Hell yeah. The dream, man. Uh, the contract between the Union and Carnegie Steel was set to expire on July 1st of 1892. Uh, and Carnegie, who was in Scotland at the time... Uh, gave his operation manager's Frick carte blanche to break the union (laughs) ahead of its deadline. Uh, Frick opened uh, his campaign by cutting the workers' wages. The union understandably rejected the wage cut in late late June. Frick responded to the locking... uh, I'm sorry. Uh, In late June, Frick responded by locking the workers out and building a massive barbed wire-topped fence around the plant. Yeah, I'm sorry for them too, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The workers dubbed the plant Fort Frick, which is a fucking good name. Uh, (laughs) On July 2nd, uh, Frick fired all 3,800 workers, and during the dark early hours of July 6th, a fourth of 300 Pinkerton agents, private security guards hired by Frick, traveled up the river in two covered barges to occupy the plant. Do you think this is why Frick became like a kind of curse word? I is wonder. Because of this dude. That's a good look up the look up the history the behind the word Frick. Frick. Yeah, uh, the workers understood that this was a prelude to replacing them with non-union laborers, whom they called scabs. And thousands of workers and their families stormed the plant before dawn and rushed uh, the pier where the guards were trying to dock. Inevitably, shots were fired, and for the next 12 hours, the Pinkertons and the workers exchanged intense fire. Eventually, the workers accepted the surrender of the Pinkertons, who were led off their barges and to the local jail for protection. However, many Pinkertons were savagely beaten by the crowd along the way to the jail, and the barges they arrived on were burned. Later that night, the Pinkertons were released and sent way away uh, from the town on a train bound for Pittsburgh. At least three Pinkertons and seven workers were killed during the battle and its aftermath. So, his name is what again? Uh, his name was his name was Henry Clay Frick. I think it is, man. That's fucking good. Under the dictionary, it says American industrialist who amassed a fortune in the steel industry and bequeathed to the public in New York City mansion housing his art collection 
Good for him. Um, yeah. Where did the term Frick come from? Frick was German name that I can't pronounce. The origin of their names... Oh, no, that's the origin of the name. Hmm. Looking for the origin of the nomenclature. I wonder if that's just a curse word here, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. New headcanon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Frick isn't a swear word by any sense of the meaning. <laughs> uh, parents. Um, anyway. Uh, the workers then took control of the steel mill, uh, steel mill uh, but this did not last long. Fricked asked the Pennsylvania governor, Robert Emery Pattison. Thoughts on that one? That one's kind of... Um, I imagine that's a man with a strong jaw. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a Batman jaw for sure. And look, that's up, only because... look up governor Robert Emery Pattinson and let me know if he fits his name. <laughs> okay. Uh, for help. Uh, he responded by sending in 8,500 soldiers of the National Guard. Uh, and the plant was turned over to the militiamen on July 12th. By July 15th, the plant was again operational, but with replacement workers. It was uh, Robert what, Patterson? Robert Emery. So it's E-M-O-R-Y. Patterson. Hmm. Public support for the strikers, undermined by the brutal treatment of the surrendered Pinkertons, suffered more damage with an ass assassination attempt on Frick by Russian uh, Russian anarchist Alexander Berkman, uh, who was not connected to the Union. On July 23rd, uh, in the meantime, waves of criminal charges were lodged against scores of the Union leaders and workers. Although almost all were eventually acquitted, the charges meant that the Union leaders uh, languished in jail out of touch with the members as the strike-breaking proceeded. So I sent the picture of him in the chat. Let me just say, he looks more like a Robbie Patterson. <laughs> he does, yeah. So it almost fits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got the glass jaw, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so the conflict between the union uh, workers and strike-breakers, meanwhile, took on racial overtones uh, in the fall of 1892. The union barred African-Americans. Many of uh, the strikebreakers, therefore, were African-Americans brought in from the South. Given the alternatives they faced in the rural South, the steelworker jobs, even at lower wages, provided them with a better life. Another riot in November 1892 pitted some 2,000 white workers against African-American workers and their families, and several people were uh, uh, severely wounded by gunfire. However, by November 21st, the union had given up and some uh, workers reapplied for jobs at the mill, agreeing to 12-hour days and reduced wages. So, Fucked up. Yeah, that is one thing in the dark history of unions, which is a lot of them were didn't allow any African-Americans uh, or Mexicans in them. But that was all solved eventually, and now no union worth its salt would ever deny membership yeah. uh, to those groups. So join yeah. a union. Join a union. Cool. Fuck, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, Harry Orchard uh, was arrested by the Idaho police and confessed to Pinkerton's agent James McParlin that he assassinated former governor Frank Studenberg of Idaho in 1905. Orchard testified, unsuccessfully, under threat of hanging against Western Federation of Miners President Big Bill Haywood. Thoughts on that name? Big Bill Haywood. That's <laughs> fucking good. That sounds that sounds like somebody from Resident Evil Resident Evil <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I'm like, what fucking Resident <laughs> Evil games have you been playing, dude? I just want a Resident Evil game oh, in the no. West now. <laughs> Big Bill Haywood. <laughs> Terrifying with his massive tits. 
<laughs> uh, anyways, uh, it sounds like a bad guy from a Red Dead Redemption game for sure. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and a Red Dead. And Granted, a fucking whoa. You know what though? I'm having Both a the Red Dead Redemption games have had the same bad guy. <laughs> Did you know That's that? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, name, uh, President Big Bill Haywood, naming him as having hired the hits. With a stirring defense by Clarence Darrow, Haywood and the other defendants of the WFM were acquitted in a nationally publicized trial. Orchard received a death sentence, but it was commuted. So, um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. He never died after that. Good for him. I hope he's still kicking. Me too, man. Me too. Alrighty. Well, hey. You know what uh, absolutely won't let you unionize? Capitalism. Absolutely. Bye. Hey, Dice Goblins. What? Where are the goblins? Everywhere. They're listening to us right now. They're in our ears. Don't take my wax. Please. It's so precious to me. To have the wax. Okay, wax goblin, dice goblins, whatever you need. You guys can visit the tabletopgameshop.com and use the code TANGENT to get 10% off your purchase for all the tabletop RPG games that you need. Oh, I love dice. Give me some of that. Changing from wax goblin to dice goblin? I, I'm both. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a goblin of many stripes. Okay. Any goblin and mini stripes. You can, you can be a cup goblin. Get some cool cups on that website. Again, that's code tangent T A N G E N T to get ten percent off your purchase. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey fuckers, we still don't have questions, so send us questions. Do we got any more five star reviews? Uh, I haven't checked in a minute, to be honest. One second. I'll check. You keep at it. I'm also going to check on our Apple website so I can check for other countries. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's copyright. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we did get a new one. Well, tell me about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vanekin on April 27th uh, sent us out a five-star review. We're sorry we hadn't seen it. Uh, reads out, uh, it's hilarious, very entertaining, and keeps you drawn in. They always have the best content. Thank you so much, Fanakin. We really appreciate that. Tell your friends about us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, that would be great. So I have to select countries individually yeah, just to go check them all real for, quick. <laughs> um, shit. I'm going to check Canada real quick. Nope, yeah, no Canadian Canada's reviews. Um, Australia. You want to nope. share a screen with me? <laughs> Oh, yeah, fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta check in in India because we're surprisingly big in India. Oh, Shout out dude. to our India in, oh. Indian listeners. Yeah, yeah. fucking, you guys are the best. Yeah. All right, sharing my screen with you. Uh huh. Belarus, a lot of good stuff there. I'm not gonna check all. Any of Australian them. fans? Because uh, we're we're banned in some countries. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Fuck I. Just, want to travel to all of those countries <laughs> check <laughs> australia check australia i already checked australia. i want to know how many australian fans we have none man if you're australian tweet at me honestly <laughs> let's be we, friends we have um uh, some australian listeners but nobody who has reviewed us so why haven't you reviewed us yet yeah what the fuck 
So I know we have some in Germany. Let's see. No reviews, though. India. India. What? What? You guys listen to us so much but haven't reviewed us yet? Come what on, the hell? India. You're better We love you than guys. This. Leave us a five-star review so we can read it on the show. We love you. We'll probably forget we for will, a while. We will but we'll do translate it. I have, I have been assuming that Daz has been checking. <laughs> nah, man. I, I've been so fucking... My brain is just dead. It happens to the best of us. Just kill your son so we can move on. Okay? I'm just saying. It's his fault. But it was Aliens Podcast Kev uh, wrote, Do what thou wilt. I've had these guys in my ears. The show starts with a tiny little advert before jumping into an even quicker theme of the main content of the show. I love the topic this week. Big Papa 666. Bang up my street. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you immediately pick up the lighthearted vibe of the show, which makes it enjoyable and easy to listen. The hosts bounce off each other well and make each other laugh, which further helps to slip into the episode. Episodes come in around the hour mark, gives, give or take. Uh, so quite the deep dive with lighthearted chat between all the research and the time flies. Overall, this was a fun show covering a broad range of topics. It's early days too, so the show will probably get bigger and better. Give them a try. And Thank we you. will, uh, podcast kev we will only get bigger and better and harder and faster bigger. And stronger just bigger oh yeah uh you want to read this one pal yeah from uh abdur rocky b uh rocky baby uh loved listening to the show and it was very funny great show and good job thank you so much we really appreciate that uh please tell your friends i'm sure that they would love it too hell yeah just tell everybody you tell know them all what's the worst that could happen they get banned in several countries. <laughs> uh, what, what countries are we banned in? Because I want to know. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> so fucking funny. I love that I'm banned in a country. Success. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me see if I can find out. Um, let's see a podcast. Okay, so Belarus, Belarus, Jesus Christ has Belarus. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Burkina Faso? Faso? Libya. Libya. Brunei. Brunei. Republic of Korea. No, North Korea? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> the Maldives, Uzbekistan, Nepal. All right. Uh, that's it. Hey, Latin America, you got our back, and we, we appreciate yeah. that. We're... We're approved in all, uh... uh wait, if you want to listen to us in Latin America or the Caribbean, go fucking ham, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Have the time of your life. Asia Pacific, though? <laughs> they don't Ooh, care for us. <laughs> some of them. You might need to roll a dice or two. Yeah. Wild. Hell yeah. Love that for us. I wish we were banned in Canada. I don't know how we <laughs> get banned in Canada, but I want to be. I don't know how either. Okay. Um, anyways... You do all that stuff. <laughs> so, back to the Pinkertons, anyways. Yeah. Oh yeah, leave us a five star review, guys. We please, really appreciate we love it. it so much. All of the praise. I'm gonna tell you guys something about myself real quick. I got a praise kick, so I appreciate it if you indulged. <laughs> <laughs> you guys so distorted in that. You sound like a robot saying that, and it was so hey. much funnier. <laughs> hey. And a praise kink. <laughs> I got a praise kink. 
Um, It sounds like a robot (laughs) having a kink of being appraised. (laughs) (laughs) I was worth $400. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right. In 1890, uh, Indiana University hired the Pinkerton Agency to investigate the authorship of a student bogus an underground newsletter that had uh, been distributed through town. While boguses were not uncommon, this particular one attacked IU faculty and students with such graphic language that Bloomington residents complained. Probably the detective. Said the word frick. Yeah, they used frick yeah. too many times. Uh, the detective. Uh, this mother freaking math class. <laughs> <laughs> In Bloomington on April 26th. My neighbors do spent, not like uh, me. What? My neighbors don't like me. Probably not. And spent nearly two weeks conducting interviews. Yeah, it is 9.30 at night. This is a, a latest I think hey, we've hey, ever hey, recorded. Hey, hey, hey. It's 9.25. Oh, oh my god. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's we- it feels weird. Uh, Just so seven- everybody knows... This episode was recorded at 9.25 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on July 5th of 2021. Just so it we're all in the clear. in two days. Comes out in two days, so you're welcome. Yeah. Better hurry that uh, shit up, Aaron, because holy shit. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing great. <laughs> yeah. This is the latest we've ever recorded an episode. It Both in day, like the time of the day, as well as the close to uh-huh. the time it comes out. <laughs> and I think we should do this more often. Yeah, just for Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we, we love gotta and appreciate test her. her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she edits it within the last two nights anyways and waits until then. Yeah. <laughs> Which, quite Aaron frankly, does. can't blame her. It's and we support very her. boring. Yeah. Yeah. And we pay her, you know, love and affection. Yeah. Yeah. Taz. Hey, fuck you, Aaron. Yeah? Like my M&Ms? I love your M&Ms. Well. This podcast was, uh... <laughs> This podcast was, uh... Sponsored? Sponsored by M&M's. Hell yeah. Anyways. Tell us about these motherfucking student newspapers, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In the end, it was town talk that led to the student authors, and not the work of the agent. Uh, the seven Beta Theta Pi fraternity brothers, which, what a name. Uh, what a good name for a <laughs> fucking fraternity, honestly. I'm gonna look up uh, what the symbol would have been. Alright. Uh, well, from, I hope they're still around, from locally prominent, locally prominent families, including the son of a trustee, but all were expelled. And in 1892, however, the trustees granted five of the men their degrees and all seven were reinstated in good standing. Beta Theta Pi does still exist. It's got a really boring symbol, though. Really? Yeah, it's the most basic shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It's beta as fuck. It's beta as fuck. I ah! 100%. Yeah. Hell yeah. Look at, look at this shit. You know, here's the sad thing about that, too. Yeah. It's so close to being good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish it was a weasel instead of a dragon. That would fit better. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to explain it to anybody. Yeah. No. Look it up on your own This time. is a podcast. Why would yeah. we yeah. explain Every- anything? Everybody close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> That's that's what it looks like. <laughs> yep. uh, Pinkerton agents were hired to track Western outlaws Jesse James, the Reno Gang, and the Wild Bunch. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Bresson? Yeah, so the Wild Bunch includes Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. 
Uh, on March 17th, uh, 1874, two Pinkerton detectives and a deputy sheriff, Edwin P. Daniels, a good name by my estimation, not our funniest name for sure, but a good one, a good strong one, uh, encountered Sorry. the Younger Brothers, associates of James Younger Gang, uh, of the James Younger g Gang, sorry. Bad Daniels, name. yeah, bad name, honestly. <laughs> if there's a hyphen in your gang name, you've got more problems than the police. Uh, Daniels, John Younger, and one Pinkerton agent were killed. Uh, in Union, Missouri, a bank was robbed by George Collins, which is, I almost read as George Carlin, which would have been very funny. Uh, also known as Fred Lewis and Bill Randolph. Pinkerton detective Chaz Shoemaker or Schumacher, uh, trailed them and was killed. Collins was hanged on March, uh, uh, March 26th, 1904, and Randolph was hanged on Mar May 8th, 1905, <laughs> in Union. Pinkertons were also hired for transporting money and other high-quality merchandise between cities and towns, which made them vulnerable to outlaws. Pinkerton agents were usually well-paid and well-armed. G.H. Teal... Uh, a former Pinkerton employee established the Th the Teal Detective Service Company in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, a competitor to the Pinkerton Agency. The Teal, the Teal, I keep wanting to say Thiel Company. <laughs> I want to say Teal when I read it too. Yeah, the Teal Company operated in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So really, you know, I want I want to say Pan Atlantic, but I don't think that's true. Pan Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just North America, man. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just North America. Well, I think no, Pan Atlantic. Mex Mexico. No, Mexico is in North America. Pan Atlantic. What's Pan Atlantic? Don't care. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, due to its conflicts with labor unions, the uh, word Pinkerton continues to be associated by labor organizers and union members uh, with strike breaking. 26? Pinkerton's. What? <laughs> Yeah. 26. <laughs> Cut that out, Aaron. We don't need them to know that Dad copied all of this. <laughs> Pinkerton's, uh, Pinkerton's diversified uh, from labor spying uh, following revelations and publicized by the La Follette Committee hearings in 1937. Uh, and the firm's criminal detection work also suffered from the police modernization movement, uh, which saw the rise of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the bolstering of detective branches and uh, resources of the public police uh, with uh, less in, of the labor and criminal investigation work on which Pinkerton's thrived for decades the company became increasingly involved in protection services and in 1960s even the word detective disappeared from the agency's letterhead the company now focuses on threat intelligence risk management and executive protection uh, and active shooter response in 1999 the year that I was born uh, the company was bought by Securitas AB, a Swedish security company, for $384 million, followed by the acquisition of William J. Burns Detective Agency, founded in 1910, a longtime uh, Pinkerton rival, to create uh, as a division of the parent security, uh, Securitas Security Services USA. Uh, today, the company's headquarters are located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, if you want to, I don't know, go throw tomatoes at them. Got throw tomatoes at him. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's the Pink Boy Detention Detective Agency. They've never done anything bad. Yeah, except Stay all those other things that we've talked about for like the last hour. 
Yeah, no, that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, and all the stuff that they did fictionally in Red Dead Redemption 2. That did happen. That all happened for sure. Fuck yeah. them. Yeah. Hell yeah. I just, I just hate them. They're honestly. not good. You can I hate don't them. have a lot of um, final thoughts besides... Yeah, I mean, they're all pieces... Of, we, we set up this episode thinking they were definitely going to be pieces of shits. And they 100% turned out to be. So, mm-hmm. fuck them. Yeah. 100%, without a doubt, fuck them. All of them. I was going to say some, but no, you're right, all of them, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. With a cactus. With a, with a cactus. Or any other, you know, a Venus flytrap might be funny. Um, you ever get your ass ate by a Venus flytrap? <laughs> uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Tangent Avenue, or you can find myself uh, at Wanna Toothpick. Taz, where can they find you? You can find me at Zaphael, but probably don't. Instead, you can find uh, us on Facebook at Asphalt Studios or our Facebook group, Tangent Avenue Podcast, or look up uh, ours on Instagram, Tangent Avenue there as well. Uh, you know, check out our other show, um, Tangent Tabletop. It's a actual play D&D podcast with it's some so fun. real it's good so things fun. happening. I love it so much. I don't have an arm anymore, probably. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah. As always, we want to give a big thank you out to Julie Marie who is responsible for our wonderful artwork, both on this show and Tangent Tabletop. So if you don't really give a fuck about D&D, at the very least, go check out Tabletop for that amazing artwork she did for us. Uh, you can find more of her incredible artwork at Instagram.com slash Julie Marie Artistry. Uh, we also want to thank Homesick Entertainment for our intro, mid-roll, and outro. Also, not only for this podcast, but they also did the work for our tabletop podcast. So again, download and listen to all of those episodes just to hear the intro and outro. Hell yeah. If you like the Drop Dead Murphys, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know why you wouldn't. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Heavily inspired by them for the intro. Uh, So uh, let's, let's end on this, Bryson. Yeah, sure. Get your ass eat by a Venus flytrap. Absolutely. I fully support this. That's our new stance from Tangent Avenue. Yep. Join a union. Get your ass eaten by a Venus flytrap. Goodbye. This was an Asphalt Studios production.